0: This morning, I will be sharing with us on the topic, how to arise, how to arise. We'll be looking at what specifically will it take for us to arise? What do we need to do? What are the practical things God will have us begin to do in order to arise? That's what we'll be exploring. If God is calling us to arrive, what do we need to do in obedience to that word? This will be for all, at individual level and at the corporate level as a church. Amen. And I may need to focus on a few scriptures this morning and making references to others, but. For us to understand this, I may just focus on two passages of the scripture mainly, then connect others to that. Is that okay? And the first scripture we are going to read is Genesis 13. Genesis chapter 13. And we're going to start from exactly the verse where Sister Tina read. Genesis 13 from verse 14. And the Lord said to Abraham, after the Lord had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants at the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its its width, for I give it to you. Then Abraham moved in response to the word of God. He moved this time and went and dwelt by the terrible trees of Mamre, which are in Hebrew, and built an altar there to the Lord. Amen. I've read exactly the passage that Sister Tina read. Hallelujah. How do we arrive? how to arise. And you will see here that the
1: situation surrounding
0: that great father of faith, Abraham, was not a pleasant one at this stage. It wasn't. They are just been a quarrel between his men and the men of his, uh, of his uh, uh, nephew.
1: And so there was a separation.
0: And I'm sure for God to speak to Abraham, God saw what was going on in him. God will not just speak for speaking sake. God was addressing a particular issue. And I'm sure that could be an issue of discouragement, isn't it? Yes. It could be a matter of helplessness, hopelessness, confusion. It doesn't matter what it was. But Abraham was going through something at this time. And then God spoke to him. Brothers and sisters, the first step in arising, the first thing a man needs to do, or a people will need to do to arise, is to position themselves to hear the voice of God. Position themselves in such a way as to receive the word of God. positioning
1: ourselves to hear the
0: word of God, the voice of God. Abraham was in in a position, in a place where he could hear the voice of God. In the midst of discouragement, in the midst of anything a man could be going through. The first thing is be in a position where you can hear what God is saying to you. Where as a people we can hear what God is saying to us. Because we have said it before, the word of God, hearing the voice of God, the word of God is critical to a man's arising, to a people arising. Because the word of God describes the situation where we are in, where the voice of God will come to us in the place where we are. Hallelujah. No one truly arises to fulfill the purpose of God without the voice of God, without hearing the word of God. Hallelujah. Even if we sorrow about many things, even if we debate, we argue about many things, they will still not bring us to the position of Arising to fulfill the purpose of God until God speaks.
1: Until God speaks.
0: Positioning ourselves to hear the voice of God. You remember the prophet Habakkuk. The position he was in wasn't good as a prophet. He saw things he couldn't understand. He saw things that were confusing to him. He, was, he must literally have been asking, is God still there?
1: Because he literally saw the prevailing of evil over good
0: in his own eyes. But until God spoke to him, he couldn't arise from his place of sadness, dejection and hopelessness, until he positioned himself to hear what God will say. Can someone read for me loudly, clearly, Habakkuk chapter two, verses one to two, read verses one to two first, maybe one to three. Whoever is reading, otherwise I read.
2: The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received, how long Lord must I call for help, but you do not listen or cry out to you. Violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at the injustice? Why do you tolerate
0: wrongdoing, destruction, and violence? Okay, I, stop, stop there, my sister. Go to chapter 2 from verse 1. Chapter 2 from verse
2: 1. I'll, I'll stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I'll look to see what he will say to me and what answer
0: I'm to give to this complaint. Okay, stop there Stop there first. So look at the initial, thank God I wanted her to read from chapter 2, but she read from chapter 1, which was led by the Spirit of God. Just to see where this man started from. No one can arise that way. In the position of murmuring and complaining, no one arises. Then the man quickly knew the solution to arise, to fulfill the purpose of God for him in his time. And he said, I will position myself. I will set myself in such a way as to hear what he will say. It takes God's word to take us forward from where we are, it takes God's word to move us from whatever state we are to the next phase, to the next stage for our lives. Arise, the call to arise can only come to a people who are listening, who have positioned themselves to hear what God will say. Say, I will station myself. Brothers and sisters, I challenge all of us, individually, collectively. Let's station ourselves in such a way that we can hear what God is saying. Sister Tina read for us this same passage we are looking at from Genesis 13 because she stationed herself to hear, and she said it, said, this is what God has been saying to me. Let's position ourselves to hear what God will say. Sister Flavia, go ahead to chapter two and three.
2: To verses two and three, yeah, Pastor? Just go ahead, yes. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks to the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. Go to uh, verse 4. Read verse 4. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by faithfulness.
0: Amen. Praise God. The scripture says, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Her translation says, write the revelation. And make it play on tablet so that he may run who reads it, an error, the one who carries a message. Which means before a man runs, he needs a word, isn't it? He needs to hear something. You run in the direction of what you are seeing. Brothers and sisters, if we must arise, If we must act, it has to be based on what God is saying, what God is showing, what God is revealing. Otherwise, we run in all kinds of direction that may lead us still to nowhere. Hallelujah. This is what it takes to run. And you discover that this man's language changed. Even in the midst of luck, even when that this man set himself now to run. Because he has heard the voice of God. So write the vision down. Make it plain. Write it in a simple term, in a simple way that anyone who is reading with it knows exactly what to do. Knows the direction to go and I'm praying that God will make his word plain to us in Jesus' name so that we can arise on the strength and authority of his word. Hallelujah. And of course, there could be many things that could have caused fear, that could have caused panic, a state of helplessness. And in verse 4, God was speaking and addressing. He said, look at the proud man. He said, these ways are not right. But at the moment, the just shall live by their faith. And faith does not come except by the word of God. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. The faith to live, the faith to arise, comes from hearing the voice of God, even, in the, even when nothing seems to have changed naturally. Because that's exactly what God was telling Abba Don't worry about what is not changing yet. You wanted to see a change here, you wanted to see a change there, don't worry about that. Hold on to, the, to what I've shown you. Hold on to the word that I've given you. Live on the strength of that world. Amen. And look at the response of this man, then he went on, he talked about in chapter three, a prayer of Abacok, the prophet on the signal. Signal, uh, oh Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. Oh Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. And began to say certain things about the visitation of God and, and so on. He saw something. He caught something. And I'm coming to the second point shortly. But look at how his attitude changed from a complaining, murmuring, grumbling prophet. Look at what he said in verse 17 of chapter 3. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vine, though the labor of the olive may fail. Look at what he said. And the field yield no fruit, though the flock may be cut off from the field. And there be no head in the stalls. Yet still I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. I will make, sorry, he will make my feet like the dear speed or hind speed, old King and it will make me walk on my high places. Hallelujah. So this man's attitude changed. Something has changed in him from a position of hopelessness, helplessness, discouragement. This man picked up courage to do something different. I'll come to this shortly. Brothers and sisters, And I'm praying that we hear the voice of encouragement of God in Jesus' name. Look at that prophetic word that came. Addressing discouragement. Isn't it? And I want you to take hold of that. I will help you. Said you don't need to fear. I am going to help you. I know what you are going through. I know exactly where you are. I know exactly what you are feeling brothers and sisters, that is the word of God. And I don't want you to trivialize the word of God. Let's position ourselves to receive from God. You cannot arrive by just, you know, physical exercise. We need the word of God. Every man will move to the extent to which they have had God. Hallelujah. Let's go back to Genesis 13. Look at what God told him, which will explain what we have just read from Abaku. It says the, the, the that verse 14 says, God spoke to him and said, Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. And look from the place where you are. Brothers and sisters. It will have been different if he said, "Look at the place where you are," because the difference will have been if he says, "Look at the place where you are." It means focus on your current circumstances, isn't it? Preoccupy yourself with this, with your surrounding situation. What if that surrounding situation is not favorable? But God is not saying, "Look at the place where you are." God is saying, "Look from the place where you are." Look from the place where you are. It's not saying ignoring the place where you. It's not saying ignore the place where you are. It's saying from the place where you are. See the place where you are as the starting point for something for a journey. See the place where you are as the beginning of another phase. Hallelujah. From the place where you are. From the place where you are. We are not saying forget the situations that are around you. Because they are are a reality you are experiencing. From there, look from the place where you are. Catch a vision from the place where you are. See something from the place where you are. It doesn't matter where we are. God is saying, look from that place. Where you are is the beginning of a journey. Are you getting me? It's not your destination yet. Where you are is not your destination yet. Where we are as a people is not our destination yet.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't be glued to where you are.
0: Don't let your focus be just around your circumstances. I actually didn't need to preach this morning because the words that came, they just captured what God is saying very well. Hallelujah. Look from the place where you are. And I'm praying that all of us will be able to look from the place where we are, from the place where we are, in the name of Jesus. The place where we are is for a purpose. It is not our destination yet. It is not the final bus stop for us yet.
1: Amen. Catch a new vision. Look from the place where you are.
0: For us to move, therefore, The second step a man needs to take, to to do, is to catch a fresh fresh vision from wherever you are. Whether you think you have achieved much, you still need to look from the place where you are. The place where you are is not an end. It It is actually the beginning of a fresh journey. Hallelujah. May we see something fresh from God, even from our current circumstances and situations in Jesus' name.
1: Hallelujah. God wants to take us from where we are,
0: but he wants us to see. He wants us to look. As a church, let's look from where we are because where we are will become a testimony of where God is taking us to. Where you are as an individual will become a testimony of where God is taking you to. Are you getting it? We need to catch a fresh vision. Any man who is glued to their current circumstances and situation will never move forward. Look from the place where you are. And I speak to each and every one of us, I speak to myself, by the word of God, look from
1: the place where you are.
0: Have a forward view. Look at the future ahead of you. It's brighter than what you're thinking. Fresh vision. Behold, when God wanted to move Abacok from where he was to where God wanted him to be, God showed him a vision. God gave him a revelation.
1: Proverbs 29, 18. I want us to to open quickly and read. Proverbs 29, 18. Amen. Someone reading. When people do
2: not accept divine guidance, they run wild, but whoever obeys
0: the law is joyful. Amen. When people do not obey divine guide, and what guides the man? The revelation God has given you. Can we read that from another translation? Because another translation puts it in a way that reflects what I'm saying now. So without a guide, without a vision from God, a revelation from God, you run in any direction you want to run. But that will not equate to arising. It will result in activities, but will not generate what God is saying. Hallelujah. The New King James says, where there is no revelation, (laughs) the people cast off restraint. Yeah. But happy is he who keeps the law. Amen. Happy is he who walks in obedience to what they have been shown. Where there is no revelation of vision. And I'm praying that the Lord will help us to catch a fresh revelation from where we are in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We need fresh revelation. We need to see the future that God has ahead of us
1: as a people, as a family, and as a congregation from where we are.
0: fresh vision. And in that vision, what was God telling Abraham? He said, God told him, from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. That's a comprehensive
1: view, isn't it? Sometimes
0: we are focused on just one aspect of our life, when God said, no, look right, look to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. Have a comprehensive vision of view of what God has yet ahead of you. Brothers, there's more to what we are seeing now in the heart of God for us as a people. (laughs) There's so much more in the heart of God for you and for me. This is a 360 degree view, isn't it? Three sixty degrees. Look, there is something in every facet of our lives, in every aspect of our life, better than what we are saying today. Hallelujah! There is something just ahead
1: of us. No one rises up where there is hopelessness, and what divine revelation and vision
0: gives us is hope for the future. Divine vision or divine revelation will give you hope for the future. Something to look forward to. Something to look forward to. A future that is full of hope. When the scripture in Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, for I know the thought that I think towards you, thought of good and not of evil, to bring you to unexpected end. Other translation says to give you a future full of hope. It takes a people who have a forward view, a foresight of what's ahead of them to rise up. Hallelujah. We can only break the cycle of dejection, stagnation with divine vision. May God give us understanding in Jesus' name. This is very important. You cannot arise where there's no hope in you, where there's no nothing motivating you for the future ahead of you.
1: Amen. There's a great future ahead of us as a people and as a church. Hallelujah. Let's have a, a new
0: vision. Let's look in the different directions. You remember when God told, uh, when the prophetic word through Isaiah came in Isaiah 60, which we have read several times. One, of that, one thing God said there, he said, behold, see, any man who must move must see. Oh, hallelujah. May the Lord expand our vision. In the name of Jesus. May the Lord help us to see as he sees, to see what is ahead in Jesus'
1: name. Your age does not matter as to what God can achieve with you. God was not talking to a young man here. No.
0: Something ahead. There's the future ahead of us. Look at Isaiah 60. In Isaiah 60, if you go there to Isaiah 60, I just want to do selective reading because of time. Look at what it says. Arise, shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Yes, look at verse 2. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. That can be so discouraging, isn't it? That's from where that's from where you are. <laughs> yes. And deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Look at the future that is ahead. Ha- hallelujah. When you see darkness, don't, don't focus on the darkness. Look at what is ahead. Mm. The Gentiles shall come to your life and kings to the brightness of your shining. That is the reason to arise. And look at the next one. Lift up your eyes. Again, the same word. All around and see, they all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant. Hallelujah. And your hearts are swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The words of the Gentiles shall come to you. Can you see what is ahead? Arise. Look from where you are. Even though darkness, I'll take darkness May cover the people, but there's something ahead of you. On the account of that, arise. There's a result. There's a glory ahead. There's a glory to be seen. There's a glory to be shown. Brothers and sisters, we need to trust God to touch our eyes.
1: To anoint our eyes afresh with eyes
0: out. That we may see and see clearly. This is a time when we need to catch visions of God. Fresh revelation from God. That even if we think we are, we are succeeding, there's yet greater successes ahead of us. Hallelujah. There's so much more for us. We need this tearing of the Holy Spirit to us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at the third point from that Genesis 13. I could read more, but let's just go on quickly and just lay this template for this morning. Look at at what God said more. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. All the land which you see, all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, there are possessions to be possessed.
0: There are possessions to be possessed. Brothers and sisters, why do we need to arrive? Why do we need to catch a fresh vision? Brothers and sisters, there's a lot at stake. Hallelujah. There is so much
1: at stake. So the next thing we need to do in Arising is to appreciate
0: The destiny that God has for us. Appreciate it. Appreciate what is ahead of you. Appreciate what God, you know, has for you.
1: There's so much. There's a lot at stake. There's a lot to be possessed. Hallelujah. There are possessions to be possessed. There are inheritances to be taken. Hallelujah. If you know what is at stake, you will arise. Many of us don't know what is ahead of us. We can't just stay where we are. There's so much. Catch a vision, a fresh vision and appreciate what's stake, What is ahead?
0: What the inheritance God has for us? What is to be achieved? The great destiny that God has for us. Even
1: in this life. Even in this life. Hallelujah. And like we said on
0: Friday, whenever God talks to a man, God is talking not just about the man, but about
1: the generation that is
0: ahead of you. Brothers and sisters, do you know that if we fail to arise today to do what God will have us do, it will have implication on our children. (laughs)
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: We need to arise. If when people are asleep today, we put our children in great difficulties for tomorrow. The challenges we are having today was because some men slept yesterday. If we must chart
1: a path, For the
0: generation that is coming behind us, we must arise today. There is something to gain and live as an inheritance for our children. May the Lord give us understanding of this in Jesus' name. I'm looking at how I'm going to incorporate this. But this is so. Our children... We have our our failure to arise today, let me put it that way, will have an implication on our children tomorrow. If we arise today, it will also have an implication on our children tomorrow. Hallelujah. In essence, even in having a vision, have a vision that is bigger than you, that is bigger than yourself.
1: That thinks of the next generation. Amen. There are nations,
0: let me quickly tell you, where once the gospel took hold of the whole whole place, today you would think gospel never got there at all. Is it not true? I can name them, but because I'm on this platform, I don't I wouldn't want to name. When we come in Bible studies, I will tell you. Today you will think, no, the gospel never touched here. No, gospel will touch the place. The gospel was preached there. There were places of revival. But today,
1: you, it will look as if no trace of it at all. Can I quickly say this? Even in this nation where we are, I can talk about this nation because we are all here.
0: The great fathers, great grandfathers, they did their best. The next generation fell asleep. And the consequences of it is what we are seeing today. You think the churches you see in almost every street
1: in this land, you think they just they just grew up
0: from the, from the soil? No. Some men arose. And, they, and the gospel was so real. The impact of the gospel was so real that every community won, you know, wanted to have their own churches. And they were planted everywhere. Solid buildings, solid. But the generation that came after them, something happened. And there was nothing to be quit to the generation succeeding them. We must arise. We must see what is at stake. I can't tell you what I'm talking about now, but there's something at stake for the kingdom of God. Land has to be taken for Jesus by the preaching of the gospel.
1: Souls have to be won. There are nations to be possessed.
0: We must think beyond ourselves. Think beyond your, see beyond your immediate vicinity. See beyond your immediate circumstances and see the greater purposes of God. That's what this is saying. I can stop anywhere from here. Let me just check something. Hallelujah. Let's go on, let's go further. Arise, walk in the land, through the land and its bread, for I give it to you. Arise, walk through
1: the land. Arise, do something.
0: The call to arise is the call to take action. So we arise by acting that's the next point I'm making, on the word of God. Take practical steps. If God is speaking to you personally, there are practical steps to take. Work is, is about taking steps. You have to work out what that is. We have to work out what are the steps God will have us take. The whole line will not be ours in a day. The whole possession, the whole, everything that God has for us will not come to us in a day. But there are steps to start to take, isn't it? It's a walk through, walk through. Someone was saying that when we were worshiping, walking through the land. So we take steps, one step after the other, one step after the other, one step after the other. And I am praying that the Lord will help us to know what step to take and to take them in the right direction in the name of Jesus walk through. There are methods of walking through spiritually and physically. Maybe another day for that. But walk through. See them as your own. Begin to take practical steps. That's acting in obedience to the word of God. Acting in obedience to the word of God. That's the way we arise. And I'm praying that God will show us things we can begin to do at the individual levels, and at corporate levels, in Jesus' name. The journey of a thousand miles, they say, starts with the first step.
1: And I'm just trusting the Lord that the
0: Lord will help us. We won't run in every kind of direction. We will run specifically in the, in the light of the revelation that God has given us, in Jesus' name. Brothers and sisters, but I see. I I have a global, I'm trusting God to widen my vision. There's a global
1: vision that we need to catch. And
0: look at what Abraham did, and I'm going to say this. And Abraham moved this time and went and dwelt in the territory, you know, by the terebin trees of Manre, which was in Abram, Abraham moved. So we are talking about acting in obedience to the word of God. Whatever God has told you to do, do it. But I not know what we were saying on, sun, on, on Friday. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. It may look stupid. You want to conquer a land, God says walk through it. He didn't say go and, go and prepare <laughs> whatever, whatever. He said just walk through. Just act in obedience. For wherever the soul of your future i have given you for a possession. You may not look at it as your possession today, but you act in faith. God knows what to do. He so said, I will help you. If you obey, I will help you. May the Lord give us understanding in Jesus' name. We need to begin to act in response to the word that God has given us. Whereas I repeat it today. Whatever action we take as a church today has implication for tomorrow. If the coming of the Lord tarries, I hope our generation will not regret that we shied from doing what God will have us do today in laying the foundation for our children tomorrow.
1: I'm praying for myself.
0: I'm trusting God. I'm praying for myself and I'm saying, God, let it be that after we have arisen, the generation that are coming, they call us blessed. They say, we thank God for that man. We thank God for that woman. We thank God for that church. They laid the foundation for us into what we are seeing today. No matter how far we've gone, there is still something greater for the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former. Let's prepare the ground. As we ascend higher glory than our fathers, so that our children come into even a greater glory
1: than us, of the Christ comes.
0: Lastly, and he built an altar there to the Lord. Brothers and sisters, how do we arrive? Let's build an altar. There's still one more point I wanted to read, but I can't raise it today. Build an altar. That's a practical step we all can take, build an altar. Can I begin to tell us what we need to do? Let's build an altar of personal communion with God, an altar of fellowship with God. At individual level, we must arise in that direction. Several of us, we don't have an altar. Our altar is only when we come together as a church. Meeting, no, build an altar, an altar of communion with God an altar of fellowship, to an altar of worship, personal worship. Let's build an altar of worship. Set an altar of worship in your own home. Worship the Lord. Don't wait until we are singing together. That is good, I'm coming to that. But let's start with individual altars. Altars to the Lord. We possess on our knees. We win as we, as, uh, as, as we bow our knees. We conquer as we bow before God. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal; they are mighty through God. For the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination, and every high thing that wants to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. I'm taking every thought captive, I'm making them obedient to Christ being ready to punish every spirit of disobedience when our obedience is complete.
1: Brothers and sisters,
0: we need an altar for that. An altar of prayer. That's that's what I'm trying for worship and of prayer. An altar. That brings us to the message our sister brought to us. An altar of prayer. We must not be a people who are sleeping in the place of prayer today. The challenges of our generation is increasing and we must be a people who have risen in the place of prayer. Then let's build an altar together, just as we have done this morning. No, before I go there, let's begin to rebuild our family altars. Family altars, where parents and children, you know, children, siblings, they gather together to pray, to fellowship in the presence of God. An altar. If that is if that is, uh, uh, what do you call it? If, if there's no fire there anymore, let's rebuild it. When Elijah arose, he rebuilt the altar and fire fell. We must awake in that area. And then our corporate altar together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May the Lord help us. In Jesus' name. I have to stop here. There's something I wanted to say, but I cannot go
1: there. But let's stop here.
0: Let's take that practical step and every other thing will follow. Even the voice of God will come to us at our altar. Direction will come to us at our altars. It's one step we can take. Let's build an altar. Every reviver starts at the altar. Every revival every progress, every move that is going to be spiritual has to be at the altar that man has built for communion with God. I'm not talking about make a shrine. I'm saying an altar. (laughs) Hallelujah! May the Lord give us understanding in Jesus' name. Have a blessed day. God bless
1: you.